Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> hey, a couple years ago, when Christmas was normal, they did a survey, and what they found was 49% of moms, almost half of the moms that they surveyed, found they, they indicated they were too stressed. And, and the reason that they said they were too stressed is because they felt this immense pressure to provide the perfect Christmas. In fact, that, that same survey would go on to show that that 60% of moms, 6 out of 10 respondents, indicated that they don't even enjoy Christmas because they can't slow down and enjoy uh, the Christmas holiday. Back then, the 25 most stressful things about uh, Christmas for, for Americans they found were gift shopping and crowds and lines, cleaning, knowing what to get people, cooking, shopping for food, how much to spend on other people, decorating whether the kids will be happy with the presents or not, wrapping presents, hosting family, family, uh, talking about politics, working out how to visit everyone, what food to prepare, where to spend Christmas Day, hearing constant Christmas music. It's true. It's true. Uh, old, old arguments being brought back up, someone drinking too much, uh, home repairs, trying to get in all the upgrades before Christmas, whether to put Christmas spending on the credit card, having to work too much over the holiday season, the spouse or partner not helping out enough, we have to host people, other people being too jolly, a new recipe that doesn't turn out like your mother-in-law's, uh, whether to go out for Christmas dinner or whether to stay at home. Those were all the responses of the things that stressed out people. And I was talking about this with a friend of mine, and she said, I'd give anything to have just one Christmas where I didn't have to go anywhere, where there were no work parties, or have the whole family get together and could just stay home with my family. Now, I'm not saying 2020 is her fault, <laughs> but she didn't help things. And I know some of you have, have felt that way. You've, you've felt that way previously. And this has been just a crazy Christmas season and it's been a crazy, crazy year. Do you remember? I mean, do you even remember when all of this started? Remember we were going to lock down for a couple weeks and we'd get out in front of it and we hoped it would all go away? A week and a half before we locked down, I was in the Orlando International Airport, the 11th busiest airport in the country. That just warmed my heart uh, when I was thinking about the prospect of all the germs that went through that place in the lockdown and I was on Southwest Airlines, and if you've ever flown Southwest, you don't have an assigned seat. You can pay a little extra money to board early, uh, and then they allow families to board together after the top tier of people, but otherwise, you just have to check in 24 hours uh, before the flight, and, and then you get a, a letter and a number, and that's when you know you can get on the plane, except if you're either traveling as a family or apparently traveling in a wheelchair, because you would have thought Jesus was the gate agent at the airport with the number of wheelchairs that were lined up, and as soon as they, as soon as they scanned their ticket, they could magically walk onto the... I promise you, some of them were skipping. Some of them were skipping down the jet bridge into the airplane. It was, it was fascinating. But one of, one, of the, one of the individuals that was in a wheelchair had a mask on, and the, the couple in front of me in line... The, the husband leaned over to his wife and he said, that will never be a thing in this country. <laughs> I mean, that's how, far, that's how far we've come. This has been a year like never before, which means it's going to be a Christmas like never before. And what we sometimes lose sight of, 
because the Christmas story is old and it's familiar to us and we know it. We can recite it. But we, we can kind of lose sight of is the original Christmas. It was a Christmas like never before. Where God came down to earth using ordinary people to bring about the most extraordinary message that we could ever hope for. We're going to look at, at some of that account of a writer named Matthew. If you have your phones or your tablets, you can follow along there. If not, don't worry about it at all. If you're streaming, the verses will pop up on your screen. And you can, if you're here in person, look at the screen. As we start in Matthew 1, verse 18, where we read these words. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, this idea of being betrothed is not one that we're readily familiar of in our context, because in our culture and in our context, you go from the dating relationship to engagement to married. And this was a step in between engagement and, and the marriage being finalized. That's, that's how far along Joseph and Mary were in their relationship. This should be a happy time. It should be a carefree time. Think back, if you can, to, to when you were, you were engaged, getting ready to be married. Some of you are right there, right now. And when you remove all of the stress of having to prepare and plan for a wedding, think through how in love you are and how excited you are that you found the person to spend the rest of your life with and all of the joy and all of the feelings that that person brings about in your life. It's a happy time. It's a carefree time. It's a time of immense joy. And that should have been the situation for Joseph and Mary. And now, all of a sudden, something's thrown into this. There's a wrinkle into this. And Mary, Mary's with child. Mary's pregnant. And in that society, that was a really big deal. That meant immediate judgment. It meant the rumor mill was starting immediately. And everybody was talking about you. And everybody was judging you. And the, and the story goes on. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Here we see how decent Joseph is as a man. That he's betrothed to somebody and he knows she's pregnant. But God hasn't pulled back the curtain yet for Joseph. God pulled back the curtain for Mary. When the angel appeared to Mary and explained to her everything that she would experience. But God hasn't done that for Joseph yet. And all Joseph knows is the woman he loves, the woman he is about to marry, is pregnant. And it's not his. He thinks at this point he's been cheated on. He thinks that she has done him wrong. And rather than bring about shame, rather than make it a major deal, he decides, I'm going to end things, but I'm going to end things quietly. It's, all, it's already going to be a hard enough road for her. And people are already saying things about me or, or saying things about her and potentially somebody else. But I'm going to do what's right, and I'm going to end things, but I'm going to end them quietly and not make this situation more difficult. For her. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. 
For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. An angel shows up, and he tells Joseph the great news that Mary's already been let in on. The prophets from hundreds of years before wrote about. The day of deliverance is here. Hope is on its way to the world. And he tells them, you, you will have the privilege of raising the Messiah. Mary is carrying God, literally God in the flesh. That God is coming to this world. And there is hope. And why is there hope? Because this baby, whom Mary now carries, is the hope that has been promised all along. This is the promise of God's plan, that he would be born, but that he would be born for a purpose, and that purpose was our salvation. That purpose was to rescue us from our sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph, this has been written about hundreds of years before, and here it is, the fulfillment of prophecy. And what are the implications? That salvation is here. And what does this mean for us? It means that God is here. It means that God is not distant. God is not disinterested in us. That God is literally here. That means for those who grieve, God is here. You are not alone. Those who grieve, God is with you. God with us. For those who are isolated and alone, God with us. You are not isolated and you are not alone. God is here. For the prisoner and the elderly, for the friendless, you are not by yourself. God is with you. God is here with those who are exhausted mentally and physically and emotionally. And this year and everything that is compounded has just taken everything there is to take from you. And you don't think you're going to get through and you don't know how you're going to make it. You are not alone. God is here and God is is with us, with everybody who's just trying to keep it together. And you're just faking it. You're just putting a good, brave face on. But you don't know how you're going to make it to the next day. You don't know how you're going to make it to the next thing. You don't know what to do. And nobody else does either. And I just want to encourage you. And I want to remind you that God is here. And God is with you. With those who are worried about the unknown. With those who are worried about the future. With those who don't know where to turn. And don't know what to do and who are praying for a sign but it seems like there's no sign and you wonder God do you hear my prayers do you even care God do you see me wonder no more Christmas tells you that God does see you and God does care and God does hear you and he has made it so you are not alone and you will never be alone God is with us That is the promise of Christmas. That a baby who is unexpected in one sense 
but was prophesied about for hundreds and thousands of years and planned before the foundation of this world. Would be born in an insignificant town to an insignificant family in a time of angst. In a season where there was strife and division. And that baby was our Savior. Who came to this world with a purpose and with a plan. And for 33 years would live a perfect life, modeling for us the life that we all should live. That he would take opportunities to talk about love, to talk about peace, to talk about hope, to talk about joy. And in many ways would take our understanding of all of those ideas and turn them on their head. To willingly lay down his life. Because as good of a person as you are, you do not measure up to God's standard. And that's not, that's not a hopeless statement, just the opposite. It's all the more hopeful for us because we don't have to try to meet some standard now. We never can. We don't have to go through life wondering, God, have I done enough? God, am I good enough? God's told us the answer. You haven't and you aren't because God's standard is perfection and none of us can measure up to that standard. But Jesus did on our behalf. And he paid a price for all of my imperfections, for all of my mistakes. And he paid the price for all of your imperfections and all of your mistakes. He came to save us from our sin. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to his son. And he called his name Jesus. We look back and we celebrate. Because when Jesus was born, God came to us. And for those who've made the decision to follow Jesus, He's with us. There is nothing you will face where He is not with you. That does not mean that life will be easy. 
It does not mean that everything will be perfect. But it does mean that you are never alone. That He is with you. No matter what you face. For those who are sick, God is with you. For those who are in prison, whether literally or within their own within their own selves, God is with you. For those who've lost someone very near and very dear, He's with you. For those that this year's been just too much, and you've you've just wondered time after time, is is it? Is it even worth it anymore? Should I just end it all? And and those whispers are growing louder and louder. And you see the joy and the happiness on some people's faces. And you're reminded of the joy and the happiness that Christmas has been before. But it doesn't feel that way to you now. It feels so much different. And those voices and those whispers just grow louder and louder in your mind. And you wonder, should I just end it? I feel so isolated and I feel so alone. I just want to remind you, God is with you. For the person who feels ostracized by society, that everybody else is talking about you, and everybody else is judging you, and everybody else has formed their own conclusions about you, God is with you. For the person who's just tired, And you don't know how you're going to make it. And you don't know what you're going to do. God is with you. This is the message of Christmas. This is the hope that all of us who've received the forgiveness of our Savior have. As we sing a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. We're tired. We're exhausted. It's been more than anybody bargained for. But hope is here because Jesus came. And he came to save us. And that is why we celebrate. God, I pray that we would be reminded today and tomorrow as we look back and we celebrate your birth, I pray we would be reminded that you are good and you are with us. In a time where there's so much uncertainty, in a season where there's so many things that we can't know, where none of us knows what the future holds, 
but we're reminded that in our heartache and in our angst, in our uncertainty, you're there. And the promise of Christmas is the promise that we can have a relationship with our Creator, a Creator who loved us so much that He came to save us and set us free. And a God who is not distant or disinterested, but who walks with us every day. No matter where we go, no matter what we face, no matter how dark the no matter how dark it gets, no matter how fearful we might become, that you are there. That when everybody else abandons us and everybody else leaves us all by ourselves, and we wonder, do does anybody care? Do I even have a friend? You are there. When the things that we held so certain disintegrate and we wonder what's going to become of us, in all of that uncertainty, you are there. God with us. Thank you, Jesus that we are never alone. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Emmanuel, God is with us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.